Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Kristen Van Busem. She believes that every kid on the planet has the fundamental right to education. That's why she founded Project Alianza, an organization that builds schools and provides educational opportunities for children living on coffee farms in Latin America. She is a TEDx speaker and coach and has was selected as a finalist in the Mass Challenge Accelerator Program for high-impact startups. Prior to founding Project Alianza, Kristen worked at Rand Corporation, a global policy think tank that provides objective research to policymakers. She attended New York University, Butler University, and was a Fulbright Scholar and recipient of the Fulbright Alumni Innovation Grant for Global Education. Kristen, thanks for being on. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. It's nice to have another fellow Hoosier to speak with today. Fellow Hoosier, fellow Lily Scholar. Um, wasn't a Fulbright Scholar, so we can't, we can't call, count that one. But it was really interesting with um, when, what you started with Project Elyons. And I think a lot, of, I want, I think the converged coffee drinkers want to know because it does impact coffee farms in Nicaragua is why did you start Project Alianza and what does Alianza mean? Right. So I'll tell you a little bit about why I started Project Alianza, then I'll, then I'll merge into what Alianza means in English. Um, so I, I first went down to Nicaragua and the coffee growing communities in Nicaragua as a Fulbright scholar. And my intent was to spend a year there doing a research and implementation project with small coffee farmers. And in order to do this research, I had to live in very remote coffee communities and speak with farmers and speak with community members to learn about their life circumstances. And I discovered something that uh, stood out to me in all of the communities I visited and the people I spoke with. And that was that essentially children in these very remote, isolated, mountainous regions where coffee grows weren't getting to school. So that is why I decided to found uh, an education nonprofit that serves children in the coffee lands. And our goal is to provide them with the life skills they need to thrive in a changing world and a world beyond the small coffee communities they know. And Project Alianza means the Alliance Project, and that's at the core of who we are as an organization. So our goal is to create various community alliances with various stakeholders within the community. So that's uh, coffee farmers, um, leaders within the community, churches within the community, parents within the community, and of course, the students we're serving to help fill the education gap and provide the necessary skills and education um, relevant to children within these communities. So we have this very, very strong alliance that, that we create in order to keep a school or to get a school up and running and more importantly, to keep it running. I like that, that you're bringing in, it's not just a one-to-one -one typical marketing kind of um, trend, you know, not transaction, but relationship that you're building and you're, you're pulling in from different resources, um, how to, how to help people, you know, children, coffee farmers and everything and how to help the community. I think it's more of a community marketing aspect, but, uh, so what does Alianza mean? Because um, I had to research this a little bit. Yeah, so Alianza means alliance. So it's essentially the alliance project. And we chose that, that, uh, that word as, our, as, as 
the the word for our organization, the name of our organization, because that's a value we never want to let go of. And I think it's critically important to mobilize stakeholders within the community, stakeholders with different perspectives to stay involved in solving the problems that their community is facing. And I think it's particularly important because when I was visiting Nicaragua and living within this new cultural context, I came from an academic perspective. So I, I visited these communities and had and had done my research on uh, the the ethics of fair trade, how uh, the volatility of the coffee market was affecting these communities. Uh, I had an academic understanding of the barriers to education. But when I started living there and started speaking with people, I talk about this personal transformation where I went from statistics to stories. And I think meeting uh, a little girl in particular named Anna, uh, she she's the one that really transformed my thinking. And I'm happy to go into more details if you want to hear about how this little girl really helped transform my my perspective on how to involve various community members in solving pressing problems. You know what, Kristen, I think that people want to know more, I think, in the relationship with Project Alianza, because Anna really was your... Um, kind of motivator or, or unearthed, if you might want to say, if we're going to go into coffee and, and farming, unearthed um, a more of an insight of what people really needed um, rather than what, um, what academia, what, what might say, or education might say, um, coming from an outsider perspective. So if you can give a little bit of story, I would love to hear that story. Yeah, I know we were chatting about that before, Sean, and how um, that's, that's a story that I've told often. Um, and, and you put it in interesting, in an interesting frame for me because you called Anna my customer. And in the nonprofit world, I don't really think of her that way, but I think that that is certainly, um, I think that that's relevant. I think she is the person that we're serving and I had to listen to her voice. And what happened was I was, I was living within this coffee community and staying on a large coffee farm. It was hundreds of acres. And this little girl named Anna, she was 12 years old at the time, but had only went to first grade. She had only had the opportunity to go to first grade. And she saw me walking around this farm. And she, of course, was curious why this tall, light-skinned woman who didn't speak her language was living in her community. And so she came up and, and she asked me if I was her teacher. And I told her that I wasn't a teacher, that I was doing other work in the community and that I wasn't there to do anything education related. And then the next day she came up to me and and asked a little less politely, you know, I, I you said you're not my teacher, but would you want to be my teacher? And she really insisted on it. And then she followed me around for a while and talked to me. And then by the end of the week, she had recruited kids that were living on this coffee farm and living in the small community around the coffee farm. And all of them came up to me and had essentially demanded that I become their teacher. And that was an awakening for me because I had to let go of my expectations and what I wanted to accomplish through my, my Fulbright Fellowship. And instead, I just started listening to Anna and her friends and essentially listening to my customers about what it is they needed and what they were demanding. And they were demanding an education. This was a theme that had come up 
in my various interviews in the community, like I like I mentioned earlier, but it really stood out when this one little girl would not let go and absolutely demanded that education be something that was accessible to her and her friends. So that was a, a, an aha moment, an aha experience for me that really showed me that if, if I cared about making a difference in people's lives or I cared about serving their needs, then I needed to be quiet. I needed to let go of my expectations and my ivory tower perspective and instead listen to what she was demanding. And, and when I listened to her problems and the challenges she was facing, I also realized that she probably had a lot of good ideas for solutions. And that is, again, that's sort of the origin story of, of Alianza. Chris and I absolutely love it because what it depicts um, from a marketing perspective, because I know that you come from a medical and uh, nonprofit background and that kind of stuff, is that it depicts it's mar- it's essential market demand right there, right in your face, this little girl um, telling you what, what people need because she's living it, um, which is really awesome. And I want to get a little bit more deeper um, with the people. And I think the biggest thing was a little deeper in the people you serve. So when I was mentioning customer and customer experience, she is a customer, but I love that you put you, there wasn't a transaction. It was a servitude. Um, and so, you know, with Alianza meaning Alliance and you're built, you're building allyships, which it was a big thing in your TEDx talk and you broke things, you broke a few things down and, um, what allyship means in your work, um, in our work, can you kind of describe how that translates to Alianza and the allyships that you've you've made and things that you've you've seen that you you probably wouldn't have experienced um, with with allies. Mm-hmm. So there's a few ways, and this is a very personal perspective for me, Sean. So um, I after I, I before I had given my TEDx talk, I had just recently come back from Nicaragua, so my Mine was very much with our allies on the ground in Nicaragua. And um, so I was really forming and shaping my TEDx talk while I was there. And um, there's a few, a few components to um, allyship that stand out to me. And, and the first is, you know, really that experience with Anna, which is the importance of staying local and listening to the demands of, um, as you say, our customers and the people we're serving and recognizing that that if people are living in a context, in a situation every day, whether that's a foreign country in the middle of the mountains of Nicaragua, or that's an organization that you're working with or a client you're working with, they're the ones that really know the challenges and probably have a lot of good ideas already for the solutions to those challenges. There's just a barrier for them reaching that solution. So the first key component of allyship is staying local. And then the second piece was recognizing that good ideas come from everywhere. Uh, I always pride myself on saying that I've done nothing for Alianza except find good people to work with. And all of the ideas for our programs, the way that we structure our work and our organization, they've come from parents. Uh, they've come from children themselves. They've come from teachers within these communities. They've showed us how we can be successful. They're just in a very low resource context and low resource country where they can't mobilize their ideas. So um, recognizing that a lot of different people of different backgrounds and, you know, really tapping into that diverse perspective is going to get you further. And then the third piece is 
recognizing that even people you might think are your enemies or people that should not be your allies could be your allies. And the analogy I used earlier, Sean, when we were chatting offline was um, in the oftentimes the nonprofit world, we like to demonize for profit partners. So you're either a corporation that cares a lot about exploiting people and making a bunch of money, or you're a nonprofit that just can't seem to make all the money, but you care about doing good in the world. And I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of overlap and room for compromise. And I think we do that very well at Alianza. So our core model in Alianza is forming alliances and creating uh, allyship with privately owned coffee farms. And by partnering with privately owned coffee farms to provide education, we are able to build a school faster. We're able to guarantee that children have a safe place and that they have a meal because oftentimes it's the farms that are providing that meal. So we're able to provide a safe and quality school through private sector partnerships. We also form private sector partnerships in the U.S. with various coffee companies locally in Indianapolis. We work with Tinker Coffee Roasters, and they help support operational costs for two of our schools within in Nicaragua, where they're sourcing coffee. And if we were just focused solely on people that were that had a similar business model or that had the exact same values we had, we would not be able to accomplish our goals. So I think it's critically important to look for that overlap and look for that compromise. Christian, I actually absolutely love that, that it it what Alianza means with Alliance is your core focus, your core message, your core experience, because you're serving, you're not only serving um, in the forefront with children and in, in, in coffee farms and that kind of stuff, but you're serving, you're serving the community as a whole, which I think is extremely important that a lot of that, that's the kind of your secondary where a lot of people don't realize that you're, you're, you're basically um, improving communities. And so I'm not going to grill you with any more questions, but I would like to know more. And I think the Converge coffee drinkers out there would like to know more, um, not where their coffee comes from, but um, more of an offline background. Is there something that is not on your website, that is not on YouTube, that's not in your TEDx talk of um, a recent experience that you've had with um, either with the children, with the schools or with your alliances? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I will give a quick anecdote. So I've been spending a lot of time in the United States as part of an accelerator program here that's helping our company grow. So a lot of my experience has been from the U.S. perspective. And I was spending a lot of time overseas and living in Nicaragua where our work has started. Um, but uh, so I have a different perspective. But what's really interesting is, and again, to this point of being collaborative and forming this multi-stakeholder approach to, uh, to problem solving, it has proven the test of time because currently in Nicaragua, there's a lot of political tension and many nonprofits who have used single streams for solving their problems, whether that be, you know, we bring down a team of volunteers from the U.S. and we do five or six projects a year. And then, um, you know, that's the way that we've decided to do this work, et cetera. They, they're actually closing down. And because we use so many different partners on the ground, because we stay so local, because we have parents and churches and uh, community members and coffee farms all buying into this work, we're able to keep 
our operations running despite a, a national political crisis. So that to me was a powerful uh, that's powerful evidence that this approach of forming alliances works. And that's that's how we need to be um, in this very bipartisan environment that we're in here in the United States. And that's how we need to be when we're solving global problems like access to education. So that's been my um, my my personal experience, my personal growth over the last few months working with Project Alianza. I love it. And here's the interesting thing is I actually came up with an analogy for for health. Um it's almost like being a doctor and assessing how the body's doing without telling the body how it should be doing and then giving the body medicine for it to work with its other parts. So you're basically almost like the medicine where you're helping um, where the body can't produce itself, that you're helping the body produce itself. And then all the other parts of the body are where you're building your alliances and then the body gets healthier and improves. I love that. That's very cool, right? We're sort of the mobilizer. We're not we're not trying to create the body parts. We're just mobilizing the parts to work to be- to work together better. I love that. Exactly. I love yeah, I was just like, man, I said, how does this tie together? So there you go. There's a little bit of marketing spin from a marketing guy. Um, so Kristen, now we've talked about Project Alianza. Um, your 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 past stuff with the Fulbright and everything. Um, and we you know what your passion is with your work and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing about this part of the episode is just the about you of why are you passionate about Project Alianza? I think when I went down to Nicaragua as a Fulbright scholar, I went, well, first I went to Nicaragua because it's the second poorest country in the Western hemisphere. The first poorest is Haiti. I don't speak French, so I couldn't go there. I speak Spanish, so I chose Nicaragua. And I wanted to go to some of the poorest communities, which coffee typically grows in very, very poor communities. It's hard to make a livable wage as a coffee farmer. So I, I feel that, um, I feel personally driven to problems that, that could, that any amount of effort is going to have a massive impact. So I, I like, I like to think that I'm using my time and my talent to serve people that, um, need the greatest boost. And that's why I was initially drawn to those, to, to those particular communities. But again, I think my solution was off and Anna helped me realize that solution. So Anna really helped me, uh, helped guide me to, um, how I could have the greatest impact for generations to come in some of the poorest communities on in this side of the world. So I I just feel like um, I'm living my value of promoting social justice and, and doing good for the world in my little way. And that's that's really what motivates me. And um, seeing how when uh, good people come together with good ideas, what we can really do to, to leave a mark and, and leave a positive dent on the world. I think that's my, my, the reason I get out of bed every day and my job doesn't feel like a job. I work way too many hours. Well, then, then that's a passion. It's not work. It's, uh, it's servitude. So I love that. So what do you do, um, as a hobby or creatively to kind of, um, reinvigorate, you know, your, your passion? Cause sometimes we don't, you know, we can't, we can burn out. I mean, we're human. Um, so what do you do creatively or a hobby? Um, I, I've been doing a lot of yoga these days. So I do a lot of yoga and fitness classes to get my heart rate up. I think that, um, keeps my mind and body healthy and balanced. 
I also think it's really important to um, to stay around people that inspire you. So I I go to a lot of um, events here in Boston, um, uh, listening to people speak. I, I attend TEDx events. I attend conferences that I think inspire me. Um, tonight I'm going to an event at a local art gallery. So I I'm an extrovert, and so I enjoy spending time with people that. Um, like to um, discuss big ideas and 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 discuss world changing ideas. So I think those are the two things that are fueling me right now: is just surrounding myself with creative, interesting people and creative, interesting spaces, and then making sure I keep my my body healthy as well. So those are my two big um, extracurriculars right now. Though that's always evolving. Well, Kristen, uh, I thank you for uh, sharing that as well as I was about to ask the health thing, but I was like, oh, you already answered the yoga. So we're, we're all good with that. I mean, two birds, one stone. It's all good. But um, Kristen, I really appreciate you talking about um, Project Alonzia, and I hope you have all the success, um, even if it is a, you know, a small impact of the world, that it's going to be a great impact on the world. Um, and so I thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Sean. It was so nice to to connect with you. And and again, it's always good talking to a fellow Hoosier and know that we have so much in common. Definitely. So all to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, check out Project Alonzia. And that's a wrap. 